1: Three couples enjoying a reunion of sorts: Hannah Engel and her boyfriend, former Ottawa 67's player Jake Cardwell, visiting with current Ottawa Senator Cody Ceci, his girlfriend Jamie, and there's another couple, Uh, Jake and Ann. Hannah actually having just returned from the Czech Republic, where Jake is actually currently playing. Was currently playing. 24 years old, enjoying life and family and friends, and in an instant, life changed forever. Hannah Angle, the girl who caught on fire. Welcome to episode 27 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang, the podcast brought to you by Extension Marketing. And for more information, of course, you can always check out extensionmarketing.com. Hannah, I can't believe we're actually sitting here.
0: I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. You're here. You're I know. Alive. I know. It's nuts. It's hard to believe. It makes me cry. <laughs>
1: I think this is going to be an emotional one. Uh, I'm honored that you. are are sitting here and then I was like Hannah Mm. can you sit for an hour (laughs) that was my biggest concern are you gonna be okay to sit for an hour uh and I just I I find you remarkable and I want to just let people know before we kind of go into the whole story of of what happened on that fateful night of May 9th you and I had actually connected we hadn't actually Mm -hmm. met in person until coming Mm -hmm. to do this podcast but I remember when I had uh, left the station and had launched my Awaken A Better You wellness cruise, I get this message on Instagram from this beautiful girl, Hannah. And I'm like, okay, hey, she kind of looks familiar. I'm not really sure how I know her. But I'll here you are. I'll accept this message. Yeah, I'm going to accept. I'm allowing this message. And, and you were like, listen, I just, I read about your cruise. I'm here in Europe. If you need any help with kind of health and wellness and where to go and what's available, like, let me know. And I'm like, this is so sweet. Like, just mm-hmm. from out of the I was blue. so excited
0: that you were doing that around Europe. I was I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was so excited that I was there. And I was like, I could show her all the cool little spots that... Because that's you. I mean, your mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. Uh, while you
1: were in the Czech Republic and Jake is playing, mm-hmm. your life back here in Ottawa had been about you establishing your own yoga studio mm-hmm. and health, wellness. That was a massive part of your life.
0: Yeah. So I got... When I, when I went over to Czech, I was always going to different... Like, I found this new... There was a gym studio that you attach all these wires to you. And it's like... Sends electrical. I'm like finding all these new things everywhere. So I, right when I found that, I was like, "This is something that the cruise needs to stop. <laughs> this the cruise needs to stop at this place." If we were only we were going to the Czech Republic, yeah, I would seriously. be fascinated
1: by a place that was like that. Yeah. Uh, and for you, that was part of your extension of of finding this life in Europe while Jake was playing because you had had you know the founding of your yoga studio yeah. and yoga and health wellness meditation was a big part of your life.
0: Yeah, and it's it's crazy that it's come full circle because. I was actually just thinking about this yesterday. It's, I was meant to go into yoga because this whole fire thing was part of my plan and it's been the biggest part of my recovery and the doctors keep saying, like, yoga has been a huge part of your recovery.
1: The mental meditative aspect of yoga or being able to get your body into a
0: relaxed state or to allow it to The stretching of the skin.
1: Really? Yeah, the
0: stretching. It's all new skin. I have to stretch. That's why I'm so tight. And the, um the mental state too like being able to breathe and like know the different breathing techniques has helped so much but they're what the doctors are amazed they're all science so they they're amazed that I'm able to stretch a lot of people don't know how to stretch so when I come to my appointments and I'm able to put my head back they're they're very happy
1: and you're putting your head back with some massive damage and, and your skin and we're gonna get into what happened but to understand that prior to all of this, it had been a massive health, uh, you know, body awareness had been a massive part of, of mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. Do you yeah. miss Do you miss being able to practice that or or be able to do things? Yeah, like that, the yoga movement still.
0: Yeah, it was it was funny because. Last night, my, uh, Jake had one of his friends come into town there. He was staying at our place and they were gaming on their Xbox. So I went upstairs. I was like, I'm going to try some yoga. Like, no one's here. I want to see if I can do it. And there were a few things that, like, my body physically like, couldn't do. Like, my left arm, for example, like, it was not fully, a week ago, it was bent 90 mm-hmm. degrees. So being able to straighten it was like a win for me, which would never have been a win before. Like, being able to straighten my arms. There's very
1: small little miracles that I think are happening every day. And I think you sitting here uh, is a miracle in itself. Because when I heard, uh, and it was just, I think, about 48 hours or so after your accident, that there was a a massive chance that you weren't going to survive this. Mm -hmm. So let's bring people through exactly what happened um, and how we're able to sit and talk about this now. But bring us back, if you don't mind, to May 9th. Uh, and what was just meant to be you know three mm-hmm. couples a couple of great friends yeah. uh, sitting around having a nice night
0: I was actually we brought our, our English bulldog over because our German shepherd isn't very friendly so we left him at home and brought her and um, I was snapchatting her playing with Cody's two Frenchies and it was fun we were having a great night and We went to the table to have some dinner and we were kind of all just sitting there. No one was, no one was drunk. No one was like, there wasn't much drinking. We were literally there to catch up. It was five days that I, that we'd been home. You'd only been
1: home from Czech for five days. How long had you been gone? Like when had you left and when did you come back?
0: Uh, Jake was gone since July Mm -hmm. and I had gone end of September. So it was.
1: You'd been gone six months. Yeah.
0: Seven months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we were catching up with our friends and, um, it was normal. Nothing was weird. And my friend came walking to the table with a bottle and that we were all kind of looking like, eh, what are you going to do with that? Okay. So you're, you're
1: sitting at a, a square table mm-hmm. at, at having dinner. So you're, it's, it's still a meal. Like yep. so
0: at, yeah. and at, at table height, table height and okay. Cody's getting up to flip some burgers and Every, people are just – someone's getting up to get out okay. of water. But it's not
1: like you're on a couch. You're at like a, a table, normal, dinner sitting at a dinner table. Yeah. And in the
0: middle, it's almost like a, a centerpiece. Like a centerpiece of candle, Like one of those fire pit tables that's like g- surrounded by glass. So it looks nice. It's like it's you pretty. see it at the, on, the end – how do you say the hotel? At the, the end, end is, is, yes. see that the outside their are tabletops and different uh, patios have like a – Joey lands down for – like they have those – to be nice right right they're it wasn't, pretty right, it wasn't pretty that night no uh it had been it had been it very... setting
1: the mood you mm-hmm. have this table at the middle of this table is the centerpiece with the flames so mm-hmm. it's a fire it's
0: a smaller version of a fire pit then mm-hmm.
1: yeah and you can move it yeah you like could... it's actually something that you can
0: pick that's, that's move. what i recall i don't recall like the whole the full piece perfectly i i just have slight visions of it mm-hmm. and Jake had, Jake remembers what it looked like, and I, I just remember it being a really pretty glass piece with, like, torches almost going along them in the middle. Okay. So one of them, I guess, ran low. None of them were out. No no one noticed that the fire was out. Like, there it was perfectly fine. It didn't need to be reset or anything. And then without being too detailed, next thing we knew, the stream of gas... That was poured onto the empty candle, quote unquote, uh, caught on fire and the whole stream was just a blazing fire and the bottle caught. And I guess by instinct, it was thrown at me and I was just... There's an
1: instinct to get rid of the
0: bottle. Mm-hmm. I mean, to,
1: to toss it out. Yeah. unfortunately, you you were in that line yep. of where the toss exactly. went.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm happy it was me and not Jake. I'd I'd much rather it be me than him. I don't know if I would have been as strong as he is like, going through this.
1: That takes a lot to say that right now.
0: Yeah, <laughs> as you're
1: sitting here uh, in months later, mm-hmm. with your life completely having changed, mm-hmm. the the canister is in flames. It's it lands. It's tossed. And, and you it, you immediately where does it I hit? heard the noise
0: so there was a noise like shh, like whooshy noise and it just kind of came on me and then I saw my arm was on fire and then before I knew it I was just I heard Jake screaming as soon as my arm caught so as soon as he saw a flame even touch me he started screaming no 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 exactly in that tone like I could hear it in my head still and uh My instinct was just to lift my arms and cover my face and close my mouth and squeeze my eyes shut just it was just an instinct and they said that that's what saved my face um I mean it caused a lot of damage to my arms but I'd rather my arms not you know than than have a disfigured face from from that but I just hear Jake screaming I covered I lifted my arms and ran and went to the grass and I remember as I was running how, to the... Do you gr- remember
1: how far it was from the table to the grass where you dropped and rolled?
0: Yeah, so how it was set up was kind of the table was on a deck almost, a deck type thing with a one of those canopy like g- gazebo type things mm-hmm. on top and it was right below there was like a concrete little air patio area with another fire piece table um and couches and we weren't sitting there so I had to run off the deck off that little concrete area and I tripped I don't remember if someone tripped me or if Jake pushed me to get me on the ground but I fell that's why I had like I hit my head or something and I fell to the grass and I was just trying to smother my head in the grass and roll I was just thinking of like when you're little and they say stop drop and roll I was like shit as if I actually have to do this right now and I was just doing it and I remember as I was running though to to go roll in the grass I saw the hot tub and I was looking for water at that point like I was looking for a glass of water even and I remember seeing like a glass of I forget if it may may have been a glass of wine on the table and I was like even gonna pick that up and I was just thinking of ways to get the fire off of me and I was about to jump in the hot tub and I didn't thankfully because that would have killed me right away apparently um and the, the chemicals. There would have been something and between the heat. The, yeah. Okay.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So you don't make it to the hot the hot tub. You so I on dodged the ground. The hot tub,
0: yeah. rolling on the ground, and I I still remember seeing like I was just struggling. It's I didn't want to yell because I didn't want to open my mouth. Um, I heard Jake was screaming, so he they were taking care of what needed to be done. But I opened my eyes and saw a flame like right over my head, and um I was just at this point thinking about my uh my aunt she was like an aunt type figure she was my mom's best friend's mother uh who had caught her nightgown on fire and she passed away from the injuries like 10 days 10 days after so all I was thinking about was this is it like I'm this is I I said right I was thinking right then like people wonder what their death is going to be like this is mine like I was just prepping myself and I took a couple once the fire was out deep breaths and I looked up at Jake and I said, am I going to die? And he was screaming, no, no, and just doing whatever he can to...
1: Okay, you, you said something in there before that the fire went out. So as you're going through this, they they were able to bring it down, but there was a reason why. There was... You had
0: brought your dog. Yeah, so... As this was all, it was just such a commo, like yeah, such I, a commotion. I, so much was happening at once in a split um, second, right? A, yes. Yeah, every second mattered. Like the fire department even said, like if you had, if Jake had waited five seconds with that dog bowl, which I'll tell you in a second, that you wouldn't have been alive probably and uh so what happened before, right as i was on the ground i don't even everyone was doing everything to try someone was calling 911 someone was grabbing the water so someone grabbed the water for jake it was in one of those dog bowls that's like a container so it's you fill it up and the water just dispenses throughout the day so you don't have to keep filling a little bowl up so it was tight i guess whoever filled it locked it tight which is normal i do that too mm-hmm. um and jake described as like the well this was all happening he had some sort of superpower like he was so strong his adrenaline was just going and, um, he was able to crack it open over his knee somehow without like breaking it, just opened it over his knee and just splashed it on me and kept going. And they kept asking for reef, bring more, bring more. He was just doing whatever he could. And all of a sudden you hear it's and it all goes out and you I kind of... could kinda... hear the sizzle.
1: Like, is it the sight? Is it the sounds? Is it the smell? Like, can, what can you remember for me, um.
0: for me, I remember every sound. I remember the seeing. I remember being able to see th- what was going on. Um, the f- as far as feeling goes, smell. I don't really remember the smell. Um, I mean, I know that once you're in the burn unit, like it smells like fire. Like you smell burnt skin, burnt hair, and all that stuff. But I was more freaking about if I was gonna live. So I was trying to brace myself for like that last breath that they say you take and you see like loved ones which happened which is why I was even more sure that I wasn't gonna make it because I saw this weird shadow so it was like a light shadow with my great aunt so my grandmother's sister and my mother's best friend who passed away when she was 18 and like they were standing together holding hands and then to the side it sounds like I'm crazy like you're gonna send me out of here <laughs> this girl needs help but it's true like it, it happens and the my other the other shadow was not in a bright light it was more in like a dark circle type thing and that was my grandma and she was kind of like people are always like well what were they saying and it's hard to explain because it's like you don't it's like an out of you don't it's experience it. Your body experience a little bit, yeah. Right? So I'm having trouble explaining it, but she was kind of just like not. She was just sitting there on a bench, whereas these two that were already passed were standing. So it all happened so fast that I was thinking about it, but I was like, no, I was like, I was fighting. So I was like, no, I'm not supposed to go like fight, 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 fight. And I was just fighting to be strong, not not crumble. Were
1: Were you in? Was it piercing pain? I mean. I was standing next to a bonfire mm-hmm. the other night, um, and knowing that I was going to be talking to you yeah. and I was standing near it and feeling the heat, like That's trying to, feels like. trying to remember, you know, and then you, you step away, right? Like you get there, mm-hmm. you want that warm feeling and then you step away and it, I'm wondering what it would have felt like to be
0: in it, in it. Yeah. It's like, like I was, I was so worried on th- fighting to live Whereas the feeling that you feel is more of like a just a heat like when you that's why I'm having trouble going back to my studio because it's the that's how I describe the feeling when you walk into a hot room and you get that hit of the heat that's what it feels like and then after you get really cold and you don't know what's going on but then when I had, when I saw my grandma I kind of blacked out a little bit like I I went out in it I was going in and out of consciousness okay. and but you don't remember it was like going in and out of consciousness your body was.
1: It didn't, it wasn't allowing you to feel how much pain you were actually in. Yeah, I was like in in
0: shock and my, like, just like Jake was, my adrenaline was going and I was doing everything I could to just survive. There was such a yell from Jake. Like it was, it could be
1: heard Mm -hmm. by neighbors. Yeah. And so luckily, I mean, there was an off duty paramedic Mm -hmm. um, who was next door. And firefighter. And firefighter and to jump the fence. They heard the screams.
0: Yeah and then and when the fire when they came in they didn't know what was going on. They thought Jake was raping me and they thought I was a bonfire. They didn't know that I was a person on fire. They thought oh there's a bonfire and there's people around and when they realized no that's a girl on fire and Jake wasn't raping anyone. He was trying to get the fire out. They he they kind of like went into shock too I guess and Go get the towels and started putting towels over the fences to wrap me in until the paramedics came. But it was intense. It was what
1: they were able to do. What were they able to do to bring down? Because every second counted. Every second. What did they know in those moments that helped you eventually? In the long in run. the long
0: run, they the towels that they wrapped. So they were, they got cold towels and wrapped it tight around my body um, until the ambulance got there. Um, which I actually, like, walked into the ambulance um, after that. So they were – it was a very brief time that they were there. She was there just telling me everything was going to be okay. They were just really trying to calm me down, and I was calm. I was weirdly calm. Like, I was calm to the point where it was like you would think I was on my way out at that point because I was just kind of, like, smiling, and I was like, what's going on? Really, really mellow voice I had. It was weird. It wasn't me.
1: No, but there's an adrenaline – Kicking yeah. in that you're even able to walk at that point yeah, to an ambulance because after that it wasn't looking good. Like you know, yeah, it, it goes almost like so a superpower of you being able to walk into that ambulance yeah. because it quickly became they didn't know if you were actually going to survive. Yeah.
0: So I walked into the ambulance and um, Jake was freaking still because he had to make the call to my parents, tell them what the hell is going on, and no parent wants to get that call. It's the worst call you could ever get. And uh, But at the same time, he's trying to make sure that I'm being taken care of, like, ASAP. He's yelling at the paramedic, drive faster, drive faster, hurry, he gets in the front seat. And right as soon as I get in the ambulance, um, they, I, I do remember looking at the paramedic and just being like, is my face okay, am I going to be okay, just constantly asking about my face. And I remember the, par- the off-duty paramedic, the neighbor, was making sure that I was okay, She's, oh, you're going to be okay, you're going to be okay. And I kept saying, "Is my face gonna be okay?" No one would answer that because no one knew. So I get into the ambulance. They take me there. I'm still hearing Jake's screams. And uh, the last sight that I had was of our uh, our family friend, who's a plastic surgeon. Um, I guess my mom called and go to the, Hannah's gonna be at the general. Go, go, go. She's burnt. Go. And he thought it was like a little thing, and so he wasn't. Me. And then his wife said, "No, Howard, go." go to the hospital. So he went and I just remember this was the last thing I saw uh, was his face over mine. And it was like a sense of a really big sense of comfort because it almost felt like my parents were with me. And um, I just saw his eyes welling up with water over me. And it hit him that it was very serious. He looked at me and knew that it wasn't good. And which was a big shock for him because where we usually call him for every little cut. <laughs> my, my mom, oh, one you, of the girls When you have cut. a doctor within the yeah. family
1: or his best friends, yeah. you know, you call for anything. And here he was looking down at, at a girl he's known his whole yeah, life. Yeah, since like I'm a baby. A family friend.
0: And so he's seeing me in the state, and I just saw his eyes well up. So I knew I was... Still felt comfort, but knew it was serious. And I said, am I going to die? And uh, he said, you're going to be okay. I'm here. And he was cleaning my face. And I same kind of moment that I had on the grass when Jake was on top of me. And I looked over, I looked up at him and I said, am I going to die? And he was screaming, no, no, no. And uh, I said, I'm I'm going to be so ugly. Like, what am I going to look like? Like, I'm, I'm a mess. What am I going to look like? I'm going to be so ugly. And he just looked at me and he said, you're always going to be beautiful no matter what to me. So don't, it doesn't matter. And he was crying saying, we were both just, crying saying this and not know just in shock both of us but the last thing that I saw was Howard's head over me and
1: that's the last tough. that's the last image you had before I was out in the before coma. you were out yeah the you're at the general at this point mm-hmm. what are they doing at the general before airlift are you how are you transferred to Toronto
0: I was airlifted to Toronto um where, Howard, were your parents able to get to where were your parents my parents came everyone came to the general so we were all there. And then the, I was airlifted the next day, the okay. following morning.
1: The following morning, too. What happens when your parent... Like, so Howard sees you. Jake's been screaming for as long as the moment yeah. the moment that you caught on fire. Mm-hmm. What happens... I mean, at this point, you're, you're not conscious, but...
0: Yeah, so... They were telling them that my family, the, the hospital, the doctors were telling my family that I probably wasn't going to make it. Um, I had to, Jake had to sign some papers to amputate my arm. And when they said that, he flipped and he was like, no, like, go do the incision, do whatever you need to do right now. Like, please, please, like, don't like do. But at the same time, he said, whatever you need to do, just keep her alive, like, please begging. And um, he was, <laughs> he was asking them if they could, use his skin for the grafts so i was like thank god that <laughs> they said no <laughs> if i like woke up with his skin growing on my arms <laughs> you know so like i'm i'm making some light of the situation and you're
1: little making, things like that yeah, i'm trying to
0: laugh about because you're here yeah
1: when your parents walk into the hospital and there is a sense of she might not make it oh we they were on the she's floor gonna make it.
0: they were on the floor like right when Jake called, my dad dropped to the floor, my mom dropped to the floor, and they were just, this is when I get emotional, but, yeah, they were, they weren't good with that, they thought I was gonna die.
1: A lot of people thought that. Yeah. There's a sense of, you make it through the night, you make it through the first night, enough to be able to say we're airlifting her. So, at this point, are you bandaged? Do you look like like I think I, mean, I was ha- fully
0: bandaged, head to toe. And so um, your
1: your parents, when they got to the hospital, your there's not there's no
0: um
1: there's no reflection. There's nothing of what their daughter looks like. No, there. they didn't recognize me.
0: No, they didn't recognize me, and my head was the size of a beach ball because they had to put so much fluid in me. And, uh, my skin was hanging off, and uh, my ears were black. It wasn't good. I,
1: it's one, you know, like, I don't know if Hollywood has created these, you know, but you almost see, like, a, a mummy of...
0: Yeah, it was like that, I think, and then... They took me into surgery. I had three different surgeries, and
1: that first night or before before going to Sunnybrook, like what was no, my we're not, surgeries sorry, not... were all at
0: Sunnybrook. Everything was at Sunnybrook.
1: So that first night, they're just trying to keep you alive.
0: Yeah, they were just trying to keep me alive and bandage and do all the right things, whatever they did in there. And
1: were you induced into the coma in Ottawa?
0: I, I believe so. Yeah, I don't I don't remember all of that, and I I didn't ask that, but I don't remember anything about being airlifted I mean I always throughout the whole coma the whole time that I was in that coma I have these faint memories of things but I don't remember it very clearly at that early on towards the end I remember hearing my sister and Jake and my mom say say and my dad even say things um but at the beginning, it was more like faint. Like I remember, kind of feeling like a bump when they were putting me on the helicopter, and like I remember, kind of hearing the hel- the noise, very faint, in some
1: unconscious state. Yeah, there's there's movement. Uh, uh, so you are Jake. Your parents. I think your sister was here. My
0: brother flew. Came, they so rushed
1: back from New York for this. We're in New York. They pick up their everything they pick up they leave New York with nothing and just and they're driving
0: being told Hannah's ears are burnt off my brother pulls over to the side of the road just to cry because he's like what the hell is going on like it's nuts so he wasn't very happy but no one was and he picked all his stuff up and came to move to Toronto and everyone lived in Toronto for that time
1: you're airlifted you're brought to Toronto you're in an induced coma of which you're gonna stay I'll just let this know so you understand how much happens you're in the coma you're in a coma for a month almost four weeks mm-hmm. in that time what then occurred you've had multiple surgeries what was the prognosis like when you arrived what were they able to so distinguish as to what was working what wasn't where the life support needed to be like mm-hmm. what were the chances of survival
0: so I had Third degree burns um, on my arms, chest, and a little bit on my stomach, and a little bit on my leg. Um, and then it was, I think, second on my face, neck and face, which heals naturally a
1: second degree burn is able to heal itself
0: yeah or it was either a first degree or second degree but whatever whichever one it was it was able to heal itself i know for a fact the third degree is where you need the skin grafting so that's where i got mm-hmm. everywhere that's grafted was third degree and then everywhere that wasn't was either one or t- first or second
1: but you have third degree burns over how much so arms 37
0: uh, percent of my body so 80 percent of my body is still me which is how I like to think about it
1: <laughs> it's one way of thinking about it and the when the you that's being healed up is also you there's yeah. there was how many so when did the surgery when did the process start and and where did they start taking the graphing like you you thankfully were induced mm-hmm. in a coma
0: you weren't aware of all the stuff they they took the uh skin from my legs um and she grafts so put it on my arms, my hands, wherever needed it, wherever the skin was needed. Okay, can you explain a little bit so So the skin graft is for any it goes where any damaged skin where the burn went so deep that it damaged to the nerves. So they the nerves re- reattach and everything but it it didn't get to the bone it went I think it just goes before the muscle that's how it is or before the fat. I don't remember exactly what she what he said. I try not to think of like the terrible things, but you know the they put it third degree burns are where you need the grafting, and they put it. It kind of grosses me. When I first woke up, I was I was grossed out. I was like, what the hell? Why are my legs on my chest? Like, why is my leg skin on my arm? Like, I was freaked, and I uh, I didn't want it, and I wanted them to take it off, and it was just it's, it's crazy what they could do. The technology that they had that night to perform 18 hours of surgery on me to save my body is insane like and it could
1: have been a 12-hour surgery you had a, a a plaster a surgeon that was able to extend it yeah pull it in the 18 hours yeah. and do a different kind there were skin grafts that were taken from your legs and and to be honest with you Hannah you've been incredibly generous with this but I, I'll have pictures to mm-hmm. show the difference between what this the where the they donor took site. the donor yeah. site from one of your legs um and then another leg is a different kind yeah. of yeah um, so there's
0: the donor site which is where they take the skin and then there's the graft site where is where they put the skin and then I had two types of grafts done so the one on my leg he did Uh, mesh graft which is they poke little holes in the skin so you're they're taking less skin from you but it covers a bigger surface because of the holes that they poke doesn't heal as nice because it heals with a little with some dots if you're in the sun and you tan like you Mm. could see some of the dots like any scar you get but for me he did for the upper half of my body all sheet grafts so he just took the skin like they literally like like a cheese grater grate your skin off and stretch it and put it on where I needed it and that's supposed to heal like normal.
1: You have a lot of those taken from your legs. Yeah. So will the legs where the skin was taken from, how will that heal? Totally back to normal. And I know... It, it doesn't look like that now. Like how... What's the process? How long will
0: they say that that will take? It's already starting to heal. Uh, my upper legs are starting to heal now. I think it's because there's more fat there. So mm-hmm. it's easier to... It heals nicer. But the whole, they said that the, my, when I asked about my face, they they described it as a flash burn, so, like, it went, and they took it out fast enough, but I asked, I said, when's my face gonna look normal, I used the word normal again, I was, like, when, because when I was in the hospital and rehab, my face didn't even look like this, like, it was a round, it was a round head with just red, no one, you couldn't see my nose, because my face was so swollen, like, it wasn't me, so I said, when am I gonna be me, like, when am I gonna look in the mirror and be see myself and he looked at me and he goes I'd say by the end of the summer so by by September and it's all everything that they're starting to say is starting to kind of be true yeah Yeah. like I'm, I'm starting to see my face again. yeah it's still really swollen in a lot of areas but I could recognize myself
1: you can see your eyes and there's a shape of a nose. Yeah, like, yes. I'm getting so my jaw will, back. Yeah.
0: Like, it's all coming along. My, my neck is really tight right now, but that and that's something I said, please, t- tell me my neck is going to be okay. Yeah, your neck is going to be fine. Because
1: and... right now, um, your neck is incredibly inflamed yeah. uh, and very
0: red and uh, blistered, almost like blistered. It's, it's very active. That's what they yes. call it. They call okay. it active scarring. So it's, it's scar tissue up here, and it's just, it's healing, but my job is to massage it and keep it down and that's what the rehab is
1: but when the swelling eventually and are you still swollen like yeah yeah so there's
0: everything that's red is swollen and I'm putting I put a little bit of makeup on
1: but you were excited I mean being able to wear mascara I know you got the clearance the the mascara
0: was like a huge win I was like holy crap I didn't realize (laughs) what mascara does yeah you can just be able to see yeah it pops right
1: so you go through this 18 our surgery, the, mm-hmm. the first one, they're able to do a lot of these grafts. And he
0: listens to classical music while he's doing the surgery.
1: Do you have mm-hmm. a sense? I mean, I know that you don't.
0: Work. I mean, I don't think I. Rem- I. I don't think I heard. But you know what? This is actually something that you'll appreciate. This podcast is brought to you by Extension Marketing.
1: They are a new breed of marketing agency that acts as your virtual marketing department, designing and implementing cost-effective marketing strategies that will grow your business. I can speak to this personally as I've been using the Extension Marketing team to help me launch and grow my business. Founder Pat Whalen has been a lifesaver for me, a genuine coach, guiding me along the way into uncharted territory. Tell them you're a friend of the show and receive a free one hour consultation.
0: Check them out at extensionmarketing.com. They apparently had a really hard time putting me out, and they said like you were a tough they they he looked at me when I got up and they you are a tough little one like you did not want to go to sleep they had to like use almost like horse tranquilizers to put me out because I I guess I was used to that fight I was used to wanted to fight yeah I wanted I wanted to fight going to sleep because I thought going to sleep meant I was dying so every time I was about to I was like you know yeah I was fighting it so they used a lot. It took a lot for them to put me out, and I do remember while they were putting me out, me saying, "What if I don't? What if it doesn't work? And I feel everything." Like I was just, you know, my head was in all different places, and I I always think the worst. So I thought I was gonna feel the whole surgery, but I didn't.
1: They they put you out you know, eighteen hours. I mean, you have some incredible doctors, oh, yeah. uh, and I we're gonna talk about that the the fire unit um, mm-hmm. at Sunnybrook because you when you look in perspective, mm-hmm. are one of the luckier ones as to what, what has happened with some of the treatments for other patients. Mm-hmm. You go through these. At this point, your family, everyone has moved to Toronto, is literally by your bed uh, and is bedside. Like yeah. Someone's there. Someone's talking the to time. you. someone. And at this point, you're, you're
0: a massive mummy wrapped in layers. Tears coming out of my mouth. Um, and I had there's, – there's pictures that I did want to share – earlier but because I think that it's so severe that people need to know not to be stupid with fire and you know like yeah it's a luxury thing but it's also so dangerous and I was gonna show it but my family was like I I don't want people seeing you like that that's how bad it was like my own family didn't want people seeing me like that because it was so bad
1: the aftermath of the of of the the state that you were in for the month Mm -hmm. uh, in an induced coma Uh, Was it, it was, when did they know that you were, because I remember getting the phone call and Mm -hmm. going, we didn't think you were going to make it. When did they realize that you were like, that this was now just a healing process, that this coma was allowing you to heal and that, that your life was no longer
0: in danger? I think it took, I got pneumonia while I was in the coma, which is a common thing because of the tubes and your mouth being open. Um, But I don't think they they knew until I woke up a day before my birthday and I don't think they knew until maybe the day leading up to that or when they when I start awake when I guess whatever levels start to rise and they see I'm starting to move and
1: so how long had that been
0: two and a half three weeks so two and a half three weeks so it wasn't like your family sitting there knowing that they had no idea. They thought I was. Gonna... Every time they came in, it was like they were coming in to like say their last words to me. Like that's what that's what how Jake described it. And he said, by the end of it, I just just want all I wanted to know was if you were gonna wake up and you just weren't waking up. And I just kept coming in to talk to you just in case you could hear. And it just got really depressing after that. Could you hear?
1: I mean, and you have other people who have family members in situations and in com- You know what. What could you hear? What do you remember? Do you was there anything in that time?
0: Yeah, so I remember hearing Jake always coming and going. Hi, sweetie. Like just yeah, like, <laughs> and I remember being like, stop. Like I, I did at one point say like stop <laughs> with the tube in my mouth, but that was when I had woken up. But while I was still kind of out in the coma, I do have the not it's not even faint I actually it's a very clear memory of hearing my sister's voice she was just she said, hey it's me Sabrina your sister I'm here and she was rubbing my arm and I'm here and we're not gonna leave your side we're gonna be here the whole time like don't be scared like just was saying that and that's when I started waking up actually was when she was saying that and uh I, I remember I have faint memories of hearing my dad come in and hi Anna, like they were all. Everyone was just so scared. So whatever was being said was just like them p- being brave to. to
1: but the talk. doctor said. The doctor said to your sister,
0: she can't hear you. Oh yeah, she. That was this. Oh, you know your sister's in a coma and can't hear you. And I want to go back now and be like, no, like sh- I could. I was able to hear, and it's actually great comfort for people. If you're in a coma, like you're not dead. So it's like to make a comment like that to a to a sister who's trying to like not grieve like she's trying to do the opposite of grieving she's trying to keep her sister alive to say that is so inaccurate and it's so it was so rude to say and to anyone who has a family member that either lived through a coma or passed away after a coma they could hear you like you're you're heard you're not just talking to a body like they could hear you like it's not it's not bs so that's that i i get emotional with that yeah I, I get emotional at that because it's like some people don't get to know that because their loved one doesn't make it like I was lucky because I made it but some people just go and they they're left unknown whereas I got to actually feel it and see it and it's it's nice to have your family around you talking to you it's not it wasn't it's not good for a doctor to say to do otherwise because then you're just laying in the room and it's a scary feeling like I remember when I was in that room alone like all the machines and everything that like you want your family there and you want them talking to you, whether you're conscious or not.
1: And you had someone there around the clock. Like the, yeah. you, you had, I mean, your brother leaves New yeah. York, everyone's moved to, to, to Toronto. Um, you know, Jake at this point, you know, should be doing off season training and, you know, being on the ice. Yeah. And I mean, everything just, everything just stopped.
0: Yeah. Everything was on hold for, for this. You,
1: you're starting to uh, initiate. You're starting to
0: come out of the mm-hmm. coma. Do you, yeah. Was
1: there an awakening moment?
0: Do you remember what that? I remember was the like? whole accident. I didn't need to be told what happened. I remembered everything.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Some people, I think, lose memory of what happened before, and they don't know why they're there. I knew. I knew why I was there. Um, I was before, just before I was about to wake up. I had a vision similar to what I had during the night of the fire when I saw my grandma. What I was telling you before, and it kind of all ties back in with this. But I saw my grandma, but this time she was in the same light. She wasn't in the shadow on the yeah, bench. Yeah, she was in the same light that my aunt was in, and my aunt had passed. So I remember seeing that, and then I remember waking up, and I just said, "Where is Grandma and Zadie? Like, where, where are, where are they? Where is she?" And I knew she had passed, but they all wanted to keep it from me. And um, they didn't say anything. And then about a week later, my mom came to me and said, Yeah, your grandma passed that night. That same night? (laughs) Yeah, the 17th. And so, like, they tried to hide it from me, but I knew. It just, like, I don't know if you'd call it an awakening thing, but... I I felt really secure with her, and I felt like she was just with me, and I felt like she was what saved me, and because she was just so involved, I kept seeing her, and I knew that she wasn't meant to be alive to see me go through this, and I wasn't meant to be there for her passing, and I missed her funeral, and she was, I was very close with her. She was like my mom that that didn't say no and she was the bubby. yeah she was the puppy and she's she would be freaking to know that this was happening but she was the one who protected me I think so
1: is this your mom's mom yeah so in all of this your
0: mom is going through yeah so my mom lost her mom and thought she was gonna lose me and she's she wasn't good she's still not good but time I can't imagine yeah it was scary and my grandfather's still there so she's taking care of him and her friends were great and would take him out he's nine he turned 90 the day before so May eighth, he turned 90 and I got to be there with him and her and I had I took pictures of them balloons and you were there the day before yeah yeah so I got to see her in a good not good but she she had alzheimer's she was really not eating and i got to like hug her and tell her i loved her and i wasn't there when she was in the hospital bed but my brother and sister were and they kept saying like hannah loves you and put a picture of me on her chest your family's gone through (laughs) it's it's hell yeah it feels like hell and I try to make light of it as much as possible, and I'm I'm very happy to be alive, and I'm very happy to be in the condition I'm in and healing. I mean, sometimes I look at myself and I just cry because it's depressing, and it's no one wants to look down at their body and just like see basically a mess. It looks like you've been chewed by like a shark or something, spat back up. But I met a lady at sunnybrook who uh was actually she was in a helicopter crash 20 years ago and i just thought she like was a worker or a visitor or something and they said no actually she was burned worse than you and i was like what and yeah she was in a helicopter crash into a landmine and all her colleagues around her were dead immediately on the scene and she survived and she showed me her arms they were grafted, and the perfect wouldn't have thought anything. So that's given my mom a lot of strength, knowing, like, she saw Elizabeth. She's doing well. <laughs> when was... they say it will
1: heal, it will heal. Yeah. And she was an example. Mm-hmm. Were there other people in the burn unit? Uh, and you said, you know, this. the unit itself smells like burn yeah. skin.
0: Yeah, like... the, the burn unit in Sunnybrook is, like, you walk in, you smell, like, the distinct smell. Um, I met a really nice couple... The, she was brought in. I think the day I woke up, she was brought in. Her barbecue had exploded and she was pregnant and the baby survived the accident. So She was burnt. I think she had like 13% of her body burnt. Um, but her husband and Jake were talking and Jake had already gone through what they were about to go mm-hmm. through. So he was able to kind of like prep him and tell him everything's going to be okay. And as soon as I started like learning how to walk, they were... Oh, excited. Okay, she's she's doing this. So they knew she was going to be good. And I still keep in touch with her. And mm-hmm. we kind of, comp- yeah, this sucks, like, <laughs> compare our days to each other. But what what were the days like then? So
1: you wake up, which I think is a massive relief for everyone involved. Mm-hmm. And then it's the process of she's awake and she's alive. But yeah. there's a long halt. Because you just mentioned you had to learn to walk again. So mm-hmm. what happens from the moment your eyes open?
0: So my eyes open. I know you asked about your grandmother. I told Jake, you're in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Why? No idea. Because like I was, we just, I always had uh, not trust issues, but it's like we're young and he's my boyfriend. He's a hockey player. You know, he likes to party and, but he, you know, so I, we were in Toronto and I knew that that's where his ex was. (laughs) So I woke up from my coma and I go, you're in a lot of trouble. (laughs) And he goes, you, I'm why? glad you're laughing about this and, now. Yeah. yeah, no, and I it was like the crazy the fact that like I was able to like process that like we were in Toronto and like I didn't like being in Toronto. I don't like Toronto anyways. The traffic is ridiculous. Yeah. So I was pissed to be in Toronto when I found out I was there. It's like why I thought my dogs that was a thing, and I also thought what, what is Jake gonna do? Is he gonna leave me? Like it's a scary thing. You you just you get burned. Like I thought my face was off. I didn't think I had a face, so the fact that my boyfriend stuck around, I was, like, in shock. I was, my boyfriend's still here, and my mom's like, he freaking loves you. Like, what do you think this been is? been here every day. Yeah, like, like yeah, yeah. and it took a lot of, like, them telling me, like, what, like, what are you thinking? Like, because to me, I was just like, why would anyone want to be with me if my face, if I don't have a face? Listen, you
1: guys are just celebrating your four years together. There's a, yeah. there's a relationship in, in all of this. Yeah when you wake up and you're and they tell you what what has happened and what is going on what does your progression from there happen like what is rehab what are so you weird. what are your
0: days like so my days now so my days in the hospital yeah. were really really brutal like the my family had to come every day freaking parking is through the, it's like cost like rent to park. It's like paying rent to park for a day. So my family had to go through that every day. So for them, it was one thing for me, it was even worse because I was staring at the same walls. They moved me to a different room. And I was like, this is the best day ever. I get to see a new window. Like I was in the room that was being watched 24 seven by nurses and doctors because anything could happen any minute. And then the physio would come and they'd stretch my fingers and do that kind of stuff. And was that painful? Yeah, it hurt. And then uh, were you still on an, an um, Oh, yeah,
1: an enormous amount of. Pain yeah yeah. like I'm,
0: I'm still on my pain meds. And in the burn unit, that's the thing that also um, the burn unit is like very, very about taking your pain meds. It's not the opioid crisis. It doesn't have anything to do with burns. Because if you're if you are going through a burn injury, you need those pain meds. Mm-hmm. Like you need them. They're it's not bearable to be without them. And uh, could I actually,
1: you tell when the dose was fading? When you needed it? Yeah, when, yeah you, you could, could feel. You could feel
0: like your body's like blistering almost. It's like a tight blister. And um, yeah, uh, they'd they'd come stretch my fingers. Then one day, oh, do you want to try walking? And I'd be too scared. No. And, but for the first few because weeks, your, it was all...
1: your legs are healing. Mm-hmm. They've been... Gra- like,
0: they're like yeah. I would assume,
1: like, they need to heal also because yeah. they've had the skin
0: taken, taken off. off. Yeah. And for the first few weeks, it wasn't just, like, when I was in the coma, they were, like, turning me over, rolling me so I wouldn't get the sores. They were doing and, that while you were in the coma. Yeah, while yeah. I was in the coma. And then when I was up for the first bit, they weren't... Like, I couldn't do it. I was just sitting there talking and, like, saying what I... The tubes had just come out. I still had the nose tube in and... One night I pulled the nose tube out because it was, on, I don't know, I was just on too many meds. I didn't even really know what was going on. I pulled it out of my nose and the guy in the room behind me did the same thing. Who He was burnt with like a, there was like an acid accident on like a cave, like one of those like mining things. And um, we both pulled our tubes out the same night and it was like kind of like a joke because everything that I did, like he would do or like the same thing would happen to him right after. So we got in shit for pulling our tubes out. <laughs> but then okay, I can't say that word on this. You're fine. At this point, we're all good. Yeah. yeah. So they gave us... Yeah, they scummed us out for pulling our tubes out, put them back in. That's how we were eating. We couldn't eat. Couldn't eat salads. Couldn't drink. I was thirsty as all hell. And you know what they are giving me to drink? A sponge. A wet sponge on a stick. Yeah, that's how I was drinking. It was not good. the The first few weeks aren't... It's not like they just come and you're, a no, like, I couldn't drink water. I was so thirsty. My my brother even said, like, your mouth, something's off. And they're like, no, it's just like, they're not allowed. she's not allowed to swallow yet. She could choke. So I had to relearn how to swallow. I had to learn how to walk. I had to, my, my voice, for, like, wasn't the same at first even. Like, it was very, tube just got pulled out of my yeah, throat, throat, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to learn how to do everything again, even drink water. They were testing me when I, looking at me as I was swallowing. And I'm like, huh. Oh. Just because of the movement or to make sure the tongue... To make sure that, like, I was swallowing right because I hadn't for so long, right? Like, I was just... And the walking was you just hadn't used your legs in so Mm -hmm. long, like... That was weird to learn how to walk again. It was really weird. And when you see learn to walk again, like, I mean, you need to put one foot in front of the no, other. No, yeah, and you want to do that, and you're looking at yourself, but you're so weak. It's the so And I never, I always wondered that before. I was always like, when people learn how to walk it, I'm like, just move your feet. Like, how hard could it be? Right. But, like, you feel so weak. Like, you can't. You can't just move. Your, it's not that easy. You can't just move your feet. You have to, like, find balance. It's like a, when you watch an old person trying to get by walking with a walker. That's what I looked like learning how to walk. I, I couldn't find balance. I couldn't stand up. I had no leg strength, no core strength, like, to heat my upper body up. And I, I was hunched because my shoulders were affected. And mm-hmm. It was the, the learning how to walk thing freaked me out. Yeah, that was not.
1: When did you feel like you were starting to make small milestones, though? Like, you'd get to this milestone and say, okay, I got to this point. Now, now like what's the next yeah going from a to b and then
0: from b to c now like the last couple of weeks that i've been home because when i was in rehab there like the sunnybrook rehab so there's the sunnybrook mm-hmm. hospital and then the saint john's rehab which they're like brother sister type thing um it was uh not like little milestones it was like little taunts like i was being taunted like I want. I was out of the hospital, but not home yet. And I just wanted to be home. I wanted to see my dogs and all that. I was doing little silly, like silly exercises, like moving a stick from. Like I felt like I was in kindergarten. So and they kept saying, like, no, this is you're making progress. You're, and I was like, this isn't progress. I mean, like, I'm a flex. I'm a flexible yoga teacher. This isn't in progress for me. Moving my arm like this, That's a stick. I know.
1: I, I, doing a downward dog is progress. Yeah. For me. So yeah. I was
0: having. I was having a really hard time like acknowledging that like anything was progress because to me, none of it was, to me, I should be moving like that. Right. And, uh, yeah, just now that I'm home, I'm seeing the little, the, the, the milestones. Biggie.
1: When were you able to come home? June 26. So almost a month and a half. Yeah. You come home i I, I follow hannah on um i follow hannah on insta so i saw the reaction of your dogs it was amazing okay but i was terrified yeah watching it like i was like how did the dog not know to jump
0: and scratch or they did yeah they know and they sensed me being gone for so long so they were like where the heck's mom Mm -hmm. i'm acting like they're actually kids like they didn't talk but they like they know they sense and then they uh like ace my german shepherd will come to like give a little bit of a like he wanted Do you remember seeing him jump bandaged i
1: mean like let's like your whole body still is bandaged Your whole upper
0: body yeah well this so these are compression garments okay so it's it looks like a bandage but it's it's basically like spanks almost and Mm -hmm. the what it does it's it's crazy the technology they have it presses the scars down so everything blends and it keeps the blood, it does something, I don't know the exact science about what it does with the blood, but so the redness goes down. So uh, when I take them off, I could see kind of what my arms are going to look like, like smooth, like mm-hmm. with the skin is all one.
1: But you take it off how long with the, the compression shirts and stuff not on, does it start to I have back to keep a...
0: these on for 23 hours a day for a full year. 23 hours a day for a year? Yeah. What is it like to shower? showering is the best part of my day actually and when I when I actually uh was in the St. John's rehab that was a little milestone actually I they said what's your goal for the for rehab I said I want to be able to wash my hair and give my hair a good scrub and so they got me doing that and I was washing my hair and when you get up you feel really stiff and really tight and then once you get in the shower you kind of feel like you it doesn't hurt this the water on the skin no and uh it feels pretty good like I I shower with hot water really not boiling can you, obviously can
1: you can you wash yep.
0: yeah you can wash yeah you wash normally it's very like everything feels normal like the pain that I have is literally in my chest from the tightness the tightness of the skin the mm-hmm. graft skin pulling and wanting to wanting to shrink but my job is to keep, keep it, it from from shrinking from yeah. shrinking you want it stretched so yeah. that it,
1: so a shower, I'm surprised. I thought a shower would be painful. No, the, no the shower The shower feels yeah. really good. Uh, your first thing that goes on is the compression wear, and then yep. you can put on clothes.
0: Yeah,
1: you, You're able, one of the milestones I know is you being allowed to wear mascara to oh allow to be yes. makeup now. So I know that we were supposed to schedule our podcast for a week ago, and you called like... 20 minutes prior yeah. to, you and we're like something's wrong. What had happened? Like, there was a massive issue. So much there, there
0: are setbacks. It's yeah. not like every day is
1: is, is unicorns you'll and rainbows. Little, that is, yeah, yeah no, no, you'll
0: find little things that you're like, this is not supposed to be like that. This is so wrong. So what happened with my arm was. My garment, I guess, remember when I was showing you my garments, I was like, I have to be careful with how I'm doing this. Yes. Cause it, so that's what happened. So I took my garment off, and I think I put my glove underneath my sleeve, and my arm blew up. And my arm up here, where the scar is, was, like, out to here. Like, it was massive. Like, it was, It was, and I, I, I was like, this isn't normal. Like the a comp- balloon. Yeah. Like, worrisome, huge. Like, it wasn't, it shouldn't have been that big. And so, I, right away, I was like, we're going to the doctor. Like, this isn't, and they just... Readjusted my garments, told me to take my pain meds because it killed, like it. So uh, hurt.
1: simply putting on the wrong pressure on the garments, doing it wrong, wrong like, yeah, forced that
0: much in, that much swelling that it looked like a yeah. balloon in your arm. And and my my surgeon, I'm kind of an idiot because my surgeon warned me. <laughs> kind of an idiot, okay. Yeah. He warned me. He was like, if you readjust your garments, like you have to put them on all over again because. You don't want – and it happened to my feet. The same thing that happened to my arm happened to my feet. My feet were freaking swollen, and Stu actually reached out to me and was like, oh, I had that too. Like, just walk. And so I um, I loosened up the f- yeah. feet and walked around a bit.
1: You're, you're talking about Stuntman Stu, who I think for so many people, especially in the community of Ottawa, uh, understood and, and watched his battle with leukemia. Did you have other people reach out to you? Like, did you have an outreach of people that could say – one day you'll feel normal again or... yeah
0: I did I, I have well everyone's everyone's saying that I'll be good and they're sending me really good so many people have sent me cards to the hospital that I wasn't expecting like it was the best feeling on my birthday when I was in the hospital to like sit there and open cards from people and yeah it was and you, there's been people too that have obviously disappointed been a disappointment mm-hmm. like you know certain people don't pull through or don't aren't there when you need them the most and you learn who who your real friends are in these in these situations like this but I've even had people I don't even know e- email me like saying this is so like this is what you're gonna look like my cousin got burnt you know and like that's it the fact that they're reaching out to me because they know what it was like to go through something like that it was just everyone's been so nice and it's it's Crazy, you only realize these things when you're when you have it happen, but you shouldn't have it happen. People should be being friendly and nice all the time, you know.
1: I think the understanding of who your friends are, who steps up, and mm-hmm. who has been there. I mean, because you've pretty much been housebound, mm-hmm. so the entertainment's in your house, mm-hmm. uh, and the friends come to you, and it's about making trying to make life seem as normal as possible mm-hmm. when it's completely out of the ordinary,
0: yeah. And actually, my uh, my the The girl who does my hair, she came over yesterday and she told me that she went to a sidekick and I was I was considering doing a sidekick but I was kind of iffy about it. What's a sidekick? Sorry, not psychic. I don't know oh, why yeah. I was calling it. I was calling it psychic. A psychic. <laughs> a psychic. So what? I think a sidekick? you've had some of your. I think you've
1: had some of the, the that in, yeah. in your visions. Yeah, right? that's in, why
0: I'm. I wasn't. I didn't. You've had that experience. Yeah, my my sister went and didn't like it. But so my hairstylist, who did my hair today actually, she went and she was really disturbed by all this happening. She wanted to know how I was going to be. And they told her while – and this was while I was in coma. So like for them to know this is kind of like, how do you know? Like unless you spoke to my doctors, you shouldn't know this information. And uh, she said that the psychic – sidekick? Psychic? (laughs) Said – that I was going to heal and my face was going to be perfect back to itself and that I was going to have a few scars, which is exactly what the the doctor said. So like my spirituality through all this, like I've never mm. been a super spiritual person. I mean, like I'm Jewish <laughs> and like I have just white parents, like there's no spirituality there. My dad's looks at me like I'm nuts if I tell him that like I saw my grandma, you know? And so to see all this kind of, happening with the visions of my grandma, whatever you want to call them, visions or dreams mm-hmm. or whatever they are, it's, it still happens. And you still feel this really comforting feeling when, when you hear, it. even when I heard about the psychic, it was like a really comforting, mm-hmm. I was like, really? They said that? Like, even though I'm already, assur- I always am looking for the reassurance. I'd mm-hmm. ask every nurse that walked by the room, <laughs> my family started laughing about it. Cause like every nurse that ran in, I, am I going to be okay? Like, am I going to heal? I wanted to hear it from everyone.
1: And you did. And with each of the milestones that they said you were going to achieve, you have. So, mm-hmm. what are the next ones? I mean, they said you'll, in a couple of weeks, you'll be able to put some mascara on. Yeah. Like, what are your next couple that are you're waiting for?
0: So, I want to be able to, well, obviously, the biggest one. I just want to be able to sit and not be in pain. I want my body to feel normal. I want my body to feel, I've I moved past the looks at this point. And I I know it's gonna look okay. It's not gonna look the best. There's nothing I could do. Nothing. But you're out change. in public. Yeah. I mean, you, you've yeah. come here, right? Like, yeah. you,
1: You've you've done certain. I'm going things. Like,
0: I went to out in Lansdowne. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to act like nothing happened because sometimes if you think about it too much, like it gets it gets really really depressing.
1: Um, have you been out? Have people stared?
0: Or are you- uh, actually, yeah. So I had the one incident in. Uh, Toronto. It was right at the metro beside. Yeah, I I posted about that. was at the metro beside uh, the apartment that we were renting. So this man comes strolling along. "Uh, Hey, it doesn't look, it looks like the sun ain't afraid of white people. Hey, darling, you look like you've been burnt to death. So at that moment, I just like bursted out into tears and was like, yeah, actually, I, I almost did burn to death. So you should watch your mouth and probably not talk and say things to people that you have no idea What's going on in their life.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Look at Veronica. (laughs) Her saying, you look great.
0: Yeah. So thank you. So she, uh, he, he said that and it, uh, got Jake pretty ticked off. But what happened was I kind of gave him my mouth full and then we kept walking and he, Jake goes, wait, what did that guy just say? And I repeated it to him, and he went out and went after the guy. Didn't touch him because he's like, eh, this is probably not worth no. a charge. We're probably yeah. we probably we don't had... need that in our lives right now. So he kept his hands to himself. But I had called my mom, and he I knew she was with my siblings at the time. I said, run! Like this guy, like we were just flipping. So they all come running into the scene like Avengers, like <laughs> like the. it's the the Engel clan yeah and my mom comes with her purse like clutching her chanel purse clutching it to her body like it was her weapon and this guy's like where are all these people coming from like he's like i'm sorry i'm sorry so it was a good lesson to to people to not judge people because he probably just oh this girl's red he doesn't know that my whole life has been yeah and
1: doesn't see what's underneath that yeah
0: yeah like it's and even I like looked at people before and made comments about their appearance and like it's not fair because you don't know maybe that birthmark isn't just like maybe they have that birthmark there because it saved their life like maybe that's what they needed it's changed your perspective yeah it's it's completely changed my perspective on that and other things just like the picking on the the biggest part that has been affected is the fact that the little things that used to get to me, I don't even give time to anymore. I don't, I don't give time to the little things that used to bother me, like like what? For example, my before, if I were to take a picture and my arm were to look like fat or something, I'd be like, oh no, I don't want, to, don't take that down. But right now, I would pay the world, I'd do anything to get that fat arm back, yeah. like the way it, like, the way it was,
1: yeah. In your post, you talk a lot about the power of your body. Like, you have, like, yeah, like, while you would have in times before picked at your imperfections, yeah, it is so,
0: it's crazy. Like, I, my body, like, saved me, and I looked, I look at my areas where it was grafted sometimes, and I'm just like, why, why? And then I kind of shifted my perspective the other day. I was like, instead of thinking about, like, why I look like this? Like I should be happy that it—that's my skin that saved me, like saved my life, and it's why I'm here. And I'd I do anything to get fat arms again. Like it's just to here to see people like be unhappy with themselves is like, don't um like you, you get it all stripped away from you, and in, in a minute and you wish you had it back you wish you had it back, and people, like myself even, like, I used to not post a picture if I didn't like the way I looked for silly reasons, and your body is just, like, the best thing you have, it's, your, your person is just in your body, and whatever happens to it is just reminders of what you went through, and that's how I kind of view myself now, I just, I'm me, and these are will remind Jake and I all the time of what we went through it's your
1: I look at it, it's like your armor it's like it became your armor yeah it protected you and it's and it's regenerating like a superhero yeah and there's I think, a superhero yeah. aspect to what and I've and I've seen it like to what your body is capable of of in in terms of it, it's healing itself and I think
0: it's crazy healing your, your relationships
1: do. and I think in watching this story it seems you and Jake are even you know when you're you're worried that we are in Toronto <laughs> when he's trying to go visit an nice girlfriend I was you saying, know it's, it's it's become stronger and yeah, I don't
0: it, even think about that anymore I'm like he's not going anywhere I was like he it emphasized his love for me and like it's made us both stronger people and it's you know my family's weak right now but everyone will come out of this stronger and I know that everyone will come out of it stronger
1: what happens now you've been home a couple weeks um Jake typically would be going back to play uh in the check and how how has the team been with him like how amazing so what how are you looking at the next like what are your next Next give me your next month and then three month kind of milestones So right now
0: I've been my days have been basically rehab which is Physiotherapy and occupational therapy at the Ottawa General. I do it there, and um, so my days have been just going to that, doing that, and then going home and just relaxing at home, healing. I'm li- literally we just look at each other. We're like, all right, another day of healing. Like <laughs> it's literally like we look at each other. We're like, what the hell? That is was twenty
1: four more hours we got for the body yeah, to and, heal.
0: Yeah, and so we every day we think that, and the team has been insane like they sent me packages in the hospital of like the fan like the fan group wrote like letters in a book and well we hope to see jake back and now they actually want us to come back and it's just a matter of getting some medical things figured out if i could be taken care of properly there there. like that
1: they would have the rehab and the occupational physio uh, to be able to continue the healing process do you think you'd like to do that
0: I'd, I'd love to because I feel like my happiness is there and I feel like I came home and it kind of was just, ro- I was robbed kind of, that's how I feel, but.
1: You're you home for five days.
0: That's, that's, that's yeah. why. I feel like I, if maybe I was home for longer, maybe my mind, my, I would think of it differently, but I literally think of it as like, why did we come home? <laughs> but then my mom always says like, what if this happened in Europe? Are you mm-hmm. crazy? Like, like, you know, but then again, I, always, I also say like everything happens for a reason, like everything's set up and meant to be the way it is because that's your plan it's supposed to be like that
1: so right now we've had well you've had an extra hour of healing as we've been sitting yeah. <laughs> here uh 24 on the day uh, small milestones possibility of jake i mean is jakey i can't even imagine jake being in shape to be able to he's go but
0: you'd be surprised
1: how is he's been able to maintain some yeah. uh conditioning yeah uh, stuff?
0: he's been on the ice um He's been. He actually, surprisingly enough, he might go back in better shape than what he left.
1: <laughs> a note to other players: maybe take a couple <laughs> weeks off of not of, of,
0: yeah, of not
1: of not training. To, and even when know. I was
0: in the hospital, like he'd go to the gym sometimes. He found it hard, and he he'd go for a skate like at night or. He'd leave and the hospital would kick him out and go for a skate or something. I'm sure that was probably
1: actually healing for him. Like, I think that the the skating uh, to have that release of emotion and be doing something that he could just probably do without thinking about it, right? Yeah, just just skate. So, when will we know if you're able to make that transition? Hopefully, within
0: the next maybe even today. Like, we're literally just looking, waiting to iron out all those. What well, like if I could get my massage there, like mm-hmm. I, the massaging of the skin is the most important thing. And I have my, does it my feel good? Really good. Oh, yeah. it does. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? That's not true. It, it really hurts, but I, I've always been that type. Like when I'm work, when I work out, like the next day I like that sore feeling. Okay. So like, it's it's not it's a, it's painful like you need to go on your meds like you need to go to rehab and go to your massage very medicated. But to me, I like that feeling because it makes me feel like I'm healing yeah. when I'm getting stretched like that.
1: Your profession, your what you spent most of your time doing is yoga, and then saved me. Yeah. Do you see yourself being able to stretch yourself back or forward in those I ways hope. again? Yeah, I,
0: I'm trying. Like I'll do little like little yoga like flows by myself and it's discouraging sometimes because I'm like crap what I like I never thought I wouldn't be able to do this like Mm -hmm. why can't I do this but uh it makes me feel like I did that the other night and then had a great day like woke up and felt great like it's it's crazy how it and he the doctor told me I had my appointment on Thursday and he told me he was like your yoga background is coming in very very key for this for this healing and uh, he actually told me he was like even if he, we brought the whole thing about Europe up and he said if you're as long as you're going and wearing your garments and stretching and like keeping yourself stretched and mobile like you are then that's fine but me being and my family being the way we are we need to have rehab like we want you want
1: you want the resources that you've had here We
0: want the maximum results for my final
1: product but you're able to, Meditate. you're able to kind of get yourself into... Do you visualize yourself healing?
0: Yeah, I picture, like, little nerves reconnecting Mm -hmm. to my skin. Because sometimes, like, Jake will tickle my arm, and, like, I love the feeling because, like, he'll pass by spots that, like, weren't affected, and, like, I'll feel feel it. it, and then over the spots that were affected, and I'll start feeling it, and I'll just picture little nerves reattaching to my skin, and I'm like, okay, maybe there's more happening today. Like, you know, and just picture the little the little wins but i'm trying to make them all very small so my next one is like okay we'll go to europe and we will we'll be happy again because that's where we were happy last and stay there forever <laughs> i'm kidding i'll come back <laughs> yeah <laughs> then,
1: <laughs> your mom needs to be a bubby and everything else yes, too seriously. um so this is it's an every every day is is a new process mm-hmm.
0: um you never what- know what you're waking up to i could wake up one day bawling and jake will be like it's going to be like he knows the right things to say and it could be the other way around like it could be a really bad day for him and a really good day for me and like i have to be the one to and throughout the whole thing even with that, even if he's having a good day like i'm trying to be really strong for him because what he saw will never be unseen has
1: he been able to express it to you like yeah you've had those moments where he was like
0: yeah he there's there was a couple moments where it was bad and i've just said like it's okay and we're going to be okay. And like, he's just really happy that I'm alive.
1: <laughs> all the right things happened. Yeah. I know that there is a GoFundMe. I know that there is an education aspect that you want people to know about. I think in all of this, there's a message and I, and I know you and take and people being very aware of their surroundings.
0: Yeah. Well, so the GoFundMe I started, it was actually, I felt really bad because I was lucky enough to be able to leave the hospital and have like the resources and like family and, but there are some people that can't leave the hospital because they don't have the money and going through a burn injury is weird to say, but it's like very expensive because your family's coming, they're paying a lot to park, you're buying these garments aren't cheap. Like the government covers, I think seventy five percent of them, but it's still like a thousand dollars after uh, the after they cover that, and you have to get a new set every three months. It's not cheap. So I was like, I want to give money to the hospital so they could maybe, like, help those people that need, that can't go. Like, it's such a bad injury as it is. Why do you need to be stuck in a hospital? You know what I mean? It's just, so that made, that bothered me. So I was like, I'm going to give money to the, to the hospital. And when I told them I was going to give it to them, they were like, no, worry about yourself. And I was like, I'm giving it to you. So waiting for GoFundMe to send me the Funds, and then I'm going to bring it into the, the burn unit. is the burn unit, yeah. And then we're still – my dad is trying to do stuff to get a burn unit in Ottawa because he thought it was crazy that there wasn't one. So
1: Yeah, for a city of this size that we don't have that. Yeah. I mean, we're grateful that Sunnybrook was there yeah. and they have the expertise. And then for everyone who's still sitting by a fire pit, and it looks really pretty in the backyard. Mm. Um, hmm. It happened in a split second, so, yeah. and it hasn't happened just don't once. Don't
0: throw t- – don't be that hero that's trying to make the fire big that throws a bottle of bug spray in there because it literally takes one second for it to catch your shirt and you might not be as lucky as I am and come out with a face or you know like come out with both of your arms. I was very I squeaked away from having to get my neck grafted. I was squeaked by, by like an inch. Like if it was up a one half an inch higher, he would have had to graft my whole neck and that would have been terrible. And I squeaked by just having to get my arm amputated. And if I woke up with no arm, I think that this whole healing process, I think what's making it easier for me is that I still feel like me. Whereas if I woke up with no arm, I would probably, I don't know, because I'm not experienced it, but I think I'd be having a much harder
1: time i still think you'd be a fighter i still think yeah i still think you would found how awesome yeah. the one arm i guess because you know, based on on you on know. your attitude yeah. it has been remarkable i think um that you are a remarkable young woman and you are beautiful both on the inside and <laughs> out and i think that's the critical part and i really appreciate the honesty of being thankful for what it is that you have and not yeah, taking advantage or especially like the that,
0: girls like I know, like, I'm, I, I'm that. I'm a 24-year-old girl, and I... Who cared was, what was on Instagram. Yeah, I ca- like, and I and I cared about if people were... Po- if someone even took a picture of me on their phone before, like, I'd have to see it for reasons that were so stupid, like, to see if you had a double chin, to see if your arm looked fat. Like, I, I have a 21-year-old sister who's learned a lot from this, I think, because whereas before she would look at a picture and, uh, it don't look good, no I look damn good that's my body and like it looks pretty freaking good and that's what I I told Jake the other day like I woke up and I looked at myself and obviously went through the whole crying thing and then I was like instead of looking at it like that like let's look at it like this is what saved this is why I'm here like if this wasn't like that I wouldn't be here so every day yeah
1: and then you woke up and it was 24 hours more of healing (laughs) (laughs) I like that the nerves are connecting they're magically reappearing yeah Uh, Hannah, it's been a pleasure. Thank I, I can't wait to catch up either after you come yeah. back from the check and had For a really sure. good season and healing. Maybe I'll see you and in, in Europe. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, the, the <laughs> Awaken a Better You. I definitely yeah. will try to, to catch up uh, in that sense too. But um, I think you are a true, you're a superhero in I all of this, you. what your body has done and, and your mindset into it. Um, and it is really remarkable.
0: Thank you. It was nice, uh it was nice talking and yep. I, I, I getting people. We
1: were to... going to meet. It's interesting that we met under these circumstances. I know. But I
0: know. But everything happens for a reason. You never know what the next the next connection to life is. Mm-hmm. Like there's gotta be something after this that maybe it was because of my grandma, like we were saying, but everything happens for a reason and that's why I'd like to talk about it and Jake's more quiet than I am, but I like to talk about it because I want people to know that coming from a girl who's very vain, I'm vain, I admit I'm 100% vain, I care about what I look like, care about the materialistic things, shouldn't care about any of that stuff because it could be all that crap taken away, taken away from you so easily. So
1: You are a fighter. You really are. It has been a pleasure. That has been episode uh, 27 of Living Your Life with Leanne Lang. Uh, If you have an opportunity to write or to let us know your thoughts or if there's a guest or questions you'd like to ask and information, please let us know. And, of course, um, like, subscribe, uh, comment. It would be great in helping to see the podcast grow as well. There you have it. That's a wrap. Have a great day.